0: Welcome to the Proper Lookout podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of mccabe Kerwood. Our compulsory third-party team is passionate about all things CTP. They have extensive knowledge of the complexities of CTP cases and have seen everything from a heated liability dispute, an alternative blameless accident allegation, a nuanced causation issue, and an economic loss claim with family trusts and an offshore bank account, and even a claim for replacement care for the family budgie. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Proper Lookout podcast. This is Peter Hunt. Well, this is an exciting week at McCabe-Curwood. After much packing and unpacking, We have now opened our new offices at the Zenith Centre in Chatswood. The insurance and government teams are enjoying an abundance of natural light and views of bushland to the north and the city to the south. I can see North Head to the east and the mountains to the west. There's a buzz of excitement in the air. Just a reminder, we are maintaining our central office in the MLC Centre. Armed with laptops and with hot desks both at Zenith and MLC, our staff will be both agile and mobile. Our level of accessibility to clients and colleagues will not change. So, moving to Chatswood reminded me of one of the most groundbreaking cases in the history of CTP litigation in New South Wales. On 17 December 1994, some 24 years ago, Rosanne Chung and her mother were visiting a friend on Victoria Avenue in Chatswood. Rosani was only 21 months old. Tragically, Rosannie strayed from her mother and walked onto the Victoria Avenue into the path of oncoming traffic. Given her height, the insured driver did not see Rosanny approach and she emerged without warning from between two parked vehicles. The insured braked immediately but could not avoid a collision. Importantly, findings were made at trial that the insured was driving 40 to 50 kilometres per hour in a 60 zone and she was travelling at a safe distance from the vehicle ahead. Essentially, the insured driver was driving safely in obedience to the general traffic flow. Despite these facts, both the trial judge and the Court of Appeal found that the insured was negligent. Both courts held, essentially, that the accident could have been avoided if the insured was travelling at a slower speed. The High Court, however, held that this reasoning was back to front. The High Court stressed that negligence cannot be judged with the benefit of hindsight. Rather, the Court must look at all the circumstances through the driver's eyes from their seat in the vehicle and assess whether their driving input fell short of the required standard of care. Given that the insured driver was travelling well below the speed limit, and at a safe distance from the car in front of her. And given that there was nothing to alert her to the impending danger, the High Court concluded that she did nothing wrong. Whether the accident could have been avoided if the driver did something different is the wrong question. The correct question is whether the driver drove reasonably, given the circumstances confronting them in real time. So in Derek and Chung, the High Court essentially upheld the driver's right to travel with the general traffic flow, unless something was happening which called for a slower speed or an extra level of vigilance. Almost a quarter of a century after the accident, these principles do not sound surprising. But at the time Derek and Chewong was handed down in August 2001, this was groundbreaking stuff. I recall delivering a seminar on the case in September 2001. After describing the circumstances, Many in the audience were surprised when I announced that the High Court entered a judgment for the defendant. Before Derek and Chung, it was generally accepted that you run down a pedestrian, particularly a child, you lose. Thereafter, it was much easier for insurers to defend pedestrian cases. The law has, of course, moved on since 2001. We now have blameless accidents. Indeed, one could draw a straight line from Derek and Chung to Axiak and Ingram. Like Rosani Chung, Alana Axiak darted into the path of the insured vehicle. Her lawyers made a strategic decision not to even allege negligence. Doubtless, the High Court's decision in Derek versus Chung influenced that strategy. Instead, Alana Axiak's lawyers successfully argued that she was injured in a blameless accident. We also now have the introduction of Maya, which will be one year old in a few weeks' time. Under Maya, an injured pedestrian's need for treatment and paid care would be covered for the first six months under the statutory benefits scheme. Whether those payments would continue beyond six months depends upon whether the pedestrian's contributory negligence exceeds 61%. I think it's fair to say that adult pedestrians who run onto the road or stumble into the path of oncoming traffic without warning will be at risk of being found mostly at fault. Liability in common law pedestrian claims will be decided under Meyer in the same way they were decided under MacCA. So there we have it, it was just a quick rundown of the impact of the most famous motor accident claim arising from an accident in Chatswood. In the meantime I and the team are enjoying our new home and exploring the neighbourhood intelligence is being gathered on the best sources of coffee and the best places for lunch good times so until next time many thanks for listening
0: thank you for tuning in to this episode of the proper lookout podcast we hope you enjoyed it for more information on anything discussed please contact peter hunt at peter.hunt at mccabecurwood.com.au or visit our website to see mccabe curwood's full team of specialists